matter what happens Monday through Friday, we're serving hundreds of children. Amen. And um, it's exciting to see that every time that we're getting ready to step out and, and grow to the next level, that the Lord's always providing the resources for it. And so wherever, wherever God leads you, He's going to provide for that. Amen. And so uh, just to see the expansion happening, the AstroTurf going in, and just looking at it all going down over there is really, really cool. I'm excited to be part of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I come to this church, I feel like I'm a, I don't feel like I'm the pastor at this church. I feel like I'm a member of the congregation. That's what I feel like. I'm just excited to be part of what's happening here. So good morning, everybody. I guess we have 4th of July this week, huh? That's so cool. A day of party. Celebration. You know, I was just, I'm just keep thinking about this church, right? So I come here and I sit down and I listen to Pastor Chris, what he has to say. I listen to the praise. I listen to the worship. I listen to my wife. I listen to Pastor Mike and Selena. I'm like, man. This is epic stuff right here. I mean, everybody's sharing revelation. Everybody's sharing truth. It's anointed. Amen. I'm like, I'm ready to go home now. I came to get what I needed. Now I guess I got to talk. So uh, this is a year that's been declared a year of divine increase on every side. Say divine increase on every side. And we're expecting the Lord to... to just move us to another level of life in every area. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the enemy's plan is destruction. But Jesus has come so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And so uh, we've been talking about that. We've been talking about finances mainly. We've been talking about resources. We've been laying the foundation for this. In um, the beginning of the year, the Lord had given me a vision, and He showed me that in this year... Number one, there were the winds of change blowing. Everybody say the east wind? Blowing. And when you look up the east wind in the Bible, that same east wind opened up the Red Sea so the children of Israel could walk across to the other side. And that wind of change destroyed the enemies that were pursuing God's people. So I want you to know with the winds of change blowing, God wants to do something that is impossible for you. He wants to set you free from a place of captivity. He wants to destroy the enemy that's been holding you captive. And he wants to bring you to the other side, a new place of freedom. Uh, five of you are excited, but I'm here to tell you that is the word of the Lord. I don't care what the enemy has had to keep you bound, keep you back. But God is going to break those boundaries and he's going to bring you into a new season. That's what he wants to do. Look at the person next to you and say, put your trust in the Lord. You'll be established. You believe his prophets, you'll prosper. So if you believe what I'm telling you and you grab hold of it, it's going to bring you into an abundant place. The second thing the Lord showed me was an angel on a horse with his sword drawn going into battle. I saw the road into the battle. So God doesn't want you to run from your battles any longer. Okay, let me come back here. I'll, I'll just do it again. I saw this angel with a sword drawn on a horse, and he was riding into the battle. 
And I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to fear your battle any longer. You don't have to run from the giant any longer. It's time for you to face your giant because God has released ministering angels to lead you into victorious battle, not a battle where you are defeated. So I don't care what you've been facing, what enemy's been in your life. It's time to go and confront your enemy. Goliath comes out shouting, cursing you and the God you serve. Well, I'm here to tell you greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. You have a covenant with God. He is the king of glory. He is the Lord of heaven's armies. And he's invincible in battle. He's never lost the battle. And if God is with you, then what on earth is going to stand against you? Don't be like the Israelites who look like grasshoppers in their own sight, not believing that their God was bigger than the enemy. Put your eyes on the Lord and go face your giant. Grab a couple of smooth stones and take him out. Amen. Hmm. What is a smooth stone? That's like a a rock. Grab a a couple of scriptures and smooth them over on the inside of you and release some scripture out of your mouth of the enemy. Amen. Begin to speak to your mountain. Stop magnifying your mountain. Why don't you do that? Instead of saying, I'm broke. Instead of saying, I'm sick. Instead of saying, it'll never work. Why don't you say, my God is with me and I'm going to see my way through this thing. I'm on a solid foundation. We sing that song on Sunday. Might as well declare it all week long. Say, we're coming through. We're overcomers. We're victorious in Christ. I command this mountain to be removed and cast into the sea. No longer do I want to see your ugly face today. Bye-bye. Hasta lasagna. Get out of my way. I'm coming through. In Jesus' name. You know, you know what this journey is like? It's like, uh, what's that movie with Indiana Jones? You know what I'm saying? No, you don't know what I'm saying. It's one of those movies. You know, he's like got to get to the other side and there's this big cliff. And it's like there's nothing to step on, but he, it's the way to go. And then he steps and something appears. That's what it's like. Like, it doesn't look like you're going to win. It doesn't look like you can get to the other side. But if God said you're going to the other side, just keep walking. Because if you have to walk on water, you'll walk on water. Can I get an amen? Whatever needs to happen, the Lord is with you and He's going to bring you into victory. You've got to trust Him. And you've got to follow where He leads you. And it doesn't always make sense. But I'm here to tell you, you have the victory. You have already won. If you're seated together with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God, the Father, with all things under your feet, that means you already have the victory. You've already won. So you might as well go face the problem because God's going to help you overcome that thing. You say, how? I don't know how, but in His name, He will do it. And He'll do it differently for every person. But at the end of the battle, you will look back once the dust has settled and your enemy will be defeated and you will be in victory. Can I get an amen? Man, I feel it. I'm feeling this right now. I feel it right here. You have already won. Just look at somebody in the eyeballs and tell them, you already won. So stop acting like a loser. Stop talking like a loser. You have won. 
I'm a winner. I have won the victory. Say, I'm in Christ Jesus. And so if your mind is in Christ, you've won. If your mind is in yourself, you lose every time. And so that's why we have to shift our minds. And when you got to, you got to shift your thinking, because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? And if you think that you're defeated, then what you have to do is you have to go to the Scriptures, and you've got to find the Word of God that tells you that you are no longer defeated, and you've got to meditate on this until this Word becomes louder than the voice of the enemy. Amen. Louder than the voice of the enemy inside you. Where you no longer hear the stories of defeat, you now hear the story of victory. Because you filled yourself with the truth. Amen. And it becomes revelation on the inside of you. And that's really where things begin to change. But you need to take the Word of God and you need to put it on the inside of you. You have to renew your mind. You have to change your mindset. I can't, we do it here on Sunday and Wednesday and you in your small group. Or, but you have to take the time to meditate on the Word day and night. You've got to really get it into you. And then it's got to come alive on the inside of you. And I tell you, when the Holy Spirit breathes on the written word that you're meditating on, like Pastor Chris said, you heard what he said earlier today? Three of you, nod your heads. What he said is so powerful. You simply ask the Lord, Lord, why is the devil scared of the blood? He said, because the life is in the blood. And then life hit him. He was telling me in the office, he said, it's better than pre-workout. He said he just tingled and he, energy surged through his body, right? And that's what, that's what it's like when the Word comes alive in you. Now he can never talk about the blood again without knowing that experience happened in his car. And so that's where there's power now when he talks about the blood because the presence that came on him in the car, when he remembers what God said, it'll flow through him as he speaks, and that's where we have to live from. That's where you get established in the power of God to move things. And a lot of us want to go into battle, but we've not been prepared for the battle. So what you have to do is spend time in the presence of God, get the stones, get the victory, and then go take your giant down. So my wife was talking. I'll get to the other two things the Lord said. The, my wife was talking and she said, you've got to take time with the Lord. But we think that if we spend time with the Lord, that we're wasting time. And I had this dream several years ago. And in the dream, there were two clocks on the wall. One was a small clock and one was a big clock. And the small clock represented my time with God and my big clock represented everything else I had to do. And in the dream, what the Lord showed me was the minute that I spent time with Him, the big clock stopped moving. And the Lord said to me, when you spend time with me, you're not wasting time on the things you have to do. You're not losing time with the things you have to do. And it's in that place when you're spending time with God that God is going to give you the uh, wisdom on how to deal with the rest of your day. He's going to work things out so that things run smoother and you'll get more accomplished in less time. It's like the tithe. When you bring the tithe, you're bringing the first 10% of what you 
earn as honor to the Lord. And you think, well, if I lose 10% of my income, I'm not going to make my bills this month. But somehow when you honor God first, the 90 that's left goes a lot further. You don't know how, but it happens. Because you're tapping into the supernatural. You're tapping into what God can do outside of your ability. And that's how you put your trust in Him, is you actually do what the Word says to do. You can't say, I trust you, Lord, but then don't obey the Word. I don't know if you got that. The way that you demonstrate trust is you actually do what the Bible says when your mind tells you it's not going to work. See, if you trust your mind, then you'll do what your mind tells you. But if you trust the Word, you'll do what the Word tells you. That demonstrates what you trust. It seems simple until you have to do it. Oh, yeah, Pastor, I know that. Okay, we'll see how you do tomorrow. When it's time to trust Him. And you know, you can spend time praising and you can spend time worshiping anywhere. If you feel heaviness coming your way, just take a praise break. Because according to the Bible, when the enemy is trying to come and oppress you, He's trying to depress you. you. You take that off and you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You say, well, how do I deal with a heavy workload? You praise the Lord. How do I praise Him? You get thankful for what He's done and you open your mouth and you begin to declare praises. And the, the Bible says that He inhabits the praises of His people. He'll come fill you with His presence and your enemy will flee from you seven directions. But if you don't apply the weapon of praise to your life, you're not going to break through. The heaviness will come upon you and it'll crush you. See, you've been given weapons to fight with against the enemy. But if you never use the weapon, you don't put your trust in what God has given you, you'll live a defeated Christian life. Praise is not what we do here on a Sunday just for fun. It's not just for, it's not just so we can, you know, praise aerobics. Praise your pounds off. <laughs> praise is a spiritual weapon. And it breaks, it breaks heaviness and defeat. And a spirit of victory fills you. And now you have this confidence that you're a winner. When the presence of God fills you, your mountains melt like wax. Because you no longer look at the mountain, you're now looking at the Lord because His presence is present. Amen. So number one, the east wind is blowing. We're getting to the other side. The enemy that's been hounding you and held you captive is going to be defeated in this season. Can I get an amen? Number two, you're not running from your battles. You have got angelic assistance, and God's going to give you the ability to run into battle, and you're taking your enemies out. You say, what are my enemies? Well, number one, sickness and disease are enemies. Number two, poverty is an enemy. Depression is an enemy. Anything that comes to steal, kill, and destroy is an enemy. Can I get an amen? So whatever's coming at you from any direction, it's time for you to stand up and fight. Can I get an amen? It's not a fight in the flesh. It's the good fight of faith. And let me say this. People are not your enemy. What they're allowing to flow through them, that's really the work of the enemy. And so don't get offended at people. It's not going to help you. Don't get offended. 
Listen, if, if somebody, if you allow somebody to get your emotions out of whack, they control you. If you're letting money control your emotions, money controls you. If you're letting people control your emotions, people control you. So who controls your life? Is it the Holy Ghost or is it people? Is it the Word of God? What is pulling on you? And anything that wants to pull your emotions in a weird direction, the Bible says peace and joy are two elements that you know that you're in the kingdom. When you no longer have peace and you no longer have joy, you're not going to live righteously. The minute peace and joy leave you, you know something is controlling your emotions, pulling you out of life into death. And you have to figure out what are those things pulling my emotions out of peace and joy right now. And you need to get righteously angry at that thing. Because that is an enemy coming to steal life from you. And so if somebody walks up to you and says something to you and that thing messes with your emotions, what did they say that got you out of whack? Because that is something that you need to deal with. Get rid of that button so the enemy doesn't have the ability to pull you around like a rag doll. You are supposed to be established on a solid foundation. Your life isn't supposed to be an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I know I'm preaching good right now. I'm talking to myself. Because there's always room for improvement. Every one of us have got room for improvement. Amen. And so the angels of God are going before us. Number three, the Lord showed me like a thick cloud of darkness above. And there was a hole. There was a portal looking right through this thick cloud of darkness into the galaxies. And the Lord showed me that in this season that we have the ability to see through darkness. You're going to have the ability to see through the thing that has kept you bound. And God is going to give you the wisdom and the strategy on how to speak order into chaos and how to bring light into darkness. The areas that are dark in your life, God is going to give you wisdom and the strategies on how to overcome that thing. You're no longer going to look at your circumstances. You're going to see through it to see the wisdom that's going to lead you into victory. Say, can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And number four, say number four. The almond tree is budding. What is the almond tree? If you look in Jeremiah, God asks Jeremiah, what do you see? He says, I see an almond tree budding. And the Lord says to him, I am watching over my word to perform it. And so every promise that God has made you is about to bud and flourish and produce fruit in this season. Because God is not a man that he should lie. And if God said it, he's watching over his word to bring it to pass. And so I'm just here to tell you that we have victory in this season. Oh, you have overwhelming victory in this season. If you'll just grab what is being delivered to you today and you'll just hook your faith up with it and say, God, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this giant. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this thing. And what that thing is, it's actually limiting you. It's actually holding you back. It's a ceiling that's saying you can't go beyond this. But God is saying, I'm breaking you through every ceiling, through every limitation. And I'm going to bring you to the other side of abundance in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen. Say it's mine. It belongs to me. This is my season. This is a victorious time. There's divine increase. 
on every side. And there's the limitations in your minds that are being broken in this season. That's the key. It's the limitations in you that are going to be broken. Yep, I'll say that. It's going to be an interesting week for you. I didn't finish the sentence. But I'm glad you're ready for it. So, you know how the Bible talks about the fire of the Holy Ghost, being baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Say, Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. So what does fire do? Fire purifies. What fire does is it goes and it brings the junk that's at the bottom in there and it loosens it and it brings it to the surface. Why does it come to the surface? So you can clean it off. What does that mean? That means, what are you saying, Pastor? Let me tell you what I'm saying. It's going to be an interesting week because you're going to have opportunity to see the junk that's in you. Because the fire of the Holy Ghost is going to allow a moment to happen where you get to see the ugly that's still in you so that you can say, I repent. Mm, Yeah, it's not what I wanted to hear today. It's 4th of July. I'm trying to have a good week. Just want to have fun. But I'm just here to tell you, in the midst of your fun, you're going to have an opportunity to see some junk that's still in you, some mindsets that are out of whack, and the Lord's going to show it to you so clearly, and you're going to have to make a decision. Am I getting rid of this out of my life, or am I going to keep it in my life? And you can deny it and keep it, or you can repent and reject it. Get it out. Amen. And so a lot of people think, well, come into church. It depends what church you go to. You come to this church, it's a different place. We've got real Holy Ghost fire up in here. And there's a purifying, because it's pure church. It purifies the heart. It purifies the junk. It releases it. It comes to the surface. And then you get into an argument, or you get into some fretful, freak-out moment over money, or over your children, or you break into some kind of thing at work. And that freak out moment needs to happen so you can see that you're not in faith in that area so you can make some adjustments. And when that happens in your life, people say, well, this God thing isn't working. It is working. You just don't know how it works. It has to come out of you so that you no longer are contaminated. And so you have to have those moments where God shakes you So you can see where you're really standing. And a lot of us think, well, if God really loved me, He wouldn't allow me to get to this place where my buttons are being pushed. No, He wants your buttons pushed to expose the enemy so you can overcome that thing. And every week you have opportunity, but you just don't see it. You think it's the devil. It is the devil controlling you, but you don't know how to get rid of it. Say, well, how do you get rid of it, Pastor? It's really easy. You'll throw your hands in the air and say, God, forgive me. God, help me. I don't want this in my life anymore. Then you come to church. You come to the altar and you say, Pastor, this week the Lord showed me that I was in fear over my children and I can't have this fear anymore. I want to be free from this fear. Will you pray for me? Yes, I'll pray for you. Then I'll say to you, 
Say this with me, because that's what I'm going to do. Say, Father, forgive me for being afraid. Today I choose to put my children in your hands. They belong to you. You're able to take care of them better than I can take care of them. And I trust you with their lives, Lord God. If there's anything you need me to say to them or do, show me. Give me the wisdom, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm free from fear today. And I'll put my hand on you and I'll break the spirit of fear over you. And you'll be set free from that thing. But then you'll have a chance to go back out there and pick the fear up again. Then you need to say, no, I left the fear at the altar. I trust the Lord with my children, and He's watching over them. I plead the blood of the Lamb over my kids. No harm will befall them. They will reach their destiny. Are you with me? That's how you break through that stuff. It's not just, it's not magic. There is a working out of your salvation. It's cutting the old off, and it's putting the new in. And you have opportunity to slip back into what's comfortable, but you have to retrain yourself to let things go. Does that make sense to you guys? It's not magic. It's not hocus pocus. There's a work that you have to do. Taking off the old and putting on the new. And a lot of people just want to strip the old, but if you don't put something in its place, you'll just go pick up what you used to have. You have to replace it. The Bible says that if you get a devil cast out of you, it goes into waterless places, wherever that is, very dry place. And it'll go searching for a home, but it'll return to the home it came from. And if that place is swept clean and it's not closed, he'll bring seven of his friends to come and take residence. You'll be in a worse state afterwards than you were in the beginning. That's why when you let things go, you have to put something on. Can I get an amen? And the thing that you have to put in place is the Word of God. Because the Word of God are thoughts that you think. You're supposed to think the Word of the Lord, not the words of the devil. You have to replace your thinking with something different. And if you don't have Scripture in your thinking, your mind is unstable. If you don't have scripture in your thinking, you actually don't have authority because the, the authority that you have comes from the word of God. So if you don't have scripture, you're unstable in your thinking and you're without authority and the devil can overcome your thoughts. And if he takes over your thinking, he takes you captive because as a man thinks, so is he, so he will speak and so he will act. It's really good. It's like bombs on buildings. It's like I'm starting a nuclear war. It's apocalyptic. I'm blowing up enemy territory in your brain right now. Dropping truth bombs in the building. Destroying the work of the devil. The truth will set you free. A lot of people want hands laid on them, and that's fine. We'll lay hands on you. But do you have truth in the building? If you don't have truth in your head, you're still bound. Because you have to replace the enemy's thoughts with God's thoughts so that you can get God's ways, so that you can get God's results. So that's the season we're in. We're in the season of divine increase. And so a couple of weeks ago, the Lord told me that I need to start talking about healing. 
And I said, Lord, I don't know if I want to talk about healing. When I, when I go pray for people, they die. <laughs> so you say, where'd you get that mindset from? Because in the beginning, when I was all gung-ho and I was like, I got, I got invited to go to hospitals and nursing homes and all these different places, I'm running there with, yes, Lord, we're going to raise people up. They're going to come off their deathbeds. You're going to do miracles. And people just kept dying on me. And I just was like, Lord, this ain't working for me. And so I just said, the healing thing, uh, it's not my category, God. I'll leave that to the evangelists and all those other people. I'll just focus on what I'm comfortable with. But the Lord doesn't want me to stay comfortable. He doesn't want me to stay in that mindset where I'm just like, ah, I'm not touching the healing realm. So now he starts poking me. Talk about healing. I'm like, God, I don't want to talk about healing. And that mindset that was established there a couple of years ago in the beginning of the ministry is coming to the surface. And now I have to face that thing. I thought you were perfect, Pastor. I'm a work in progress. Amen. And we're, with the work he started, he's going to finish. And it's unfinished. It's not finished yet. Right? And so <laughs> I had a conversation with the Lord. I said, Lord, this doesn't work for me like I see it in the Bible. I said, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, you don't have to worry about it. I'm the healer. I said, fine. I'll talk about it. You heal the people. How about that? So we got an agreement going. And so like two weeks ago, all of a sudden we had joy break out in the building. Like we've, it was that week that the Lord was talking to me about healing, and then we had joy break out. I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. It just happened. And so uh, here's a couple of scriptures for you. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I realized it later. Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. I don't know what the dried up bone disease is, but... If your spirit is broken, it destroys your health. But it says here, if your heart is joyful, it's like medicine to your body. Proverbs 17.22, if you didn't get that scripture. Proverbs 15.13, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So... A joyful heart, you can see it on people's faces if they have joy on the inside of them. And you can see if they have sorrow in their hearts, a broken, crushed spirit. But a merry heart, everybody say a merry heart, is good medicine. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Psalm 16:11 says, "You show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures evermore." So thinking about these scriptures, when you come into the presence of the Lord and joy begins to bubble on the inside of you, that's actually God's healing anointing flowing into your life. I don't know if you heard what I said. I said, according to these scriptures, the joy of the Lord is your strength. A merry heart doeth good like medicine, and it'll change the look on your face. You get the Holy Ghost glow. 
The Bible says, in His presence is fullness of joy. So how do you get healed? You get into the presence of God. And then you can't fight joy. If you fight joy, you're fighting your healing. So when Adam breaks out into holy laughter, when Manny... <laughs> so that ha 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 that joy that it comes from the spirit it's actually a bubbling it's like prophecy everything comes from the spirit of god it comes out of the belly out of your belly will flow 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 i got the river Listen, if you walk around depressed all day, you're actually bringing, inviting sickness into your physical body. So depression is from the devil that brings sickness to kill your body. But joy comes from the Lord to heal you and give you strength. You can feel, you can feel joy. You can also feel anger and depression. They're both things you can feel. And if you'll just understand that when you feel angry, depressed, judgmental, critical, you are actually flowing in a river of sewage from the mouth of the devil. And you're allowing that stuff to build up toxins in you to bring destruction to your physical body. What are you letting flow through your mind and through your mouth? Because what you say, you establish. And the devil wants to take your thinking, and he wants to put criticism and hatred and judgment and anger and the you done me wrong song, country music backwards. You lost your dog. You lost your cat. You lost your house. You lost your wife. You lost your car. You lost your job. And as long as that thing is playing on the inside of you, as long as you're living in memory of what the devil did to you while you were in Egypt, you can be a Christian all day long, believe in the name of Jesus, but have defeat in your thinking and be sick and broke. And what we have to realize, family, is you have to take authority over the thoughts in your head. And you've got to take every thought captive that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Because we can lay hands on you and try to get you healed. But if you constantly have a mindset of sickness and disease, you're not getting free. And that thing has to break in you so life can begin to flow through you. And that's where the power of God comes in. Everything we're talking about, we're talking about divine increase on all sides. You have to break strongholds in your mind. If you don't break the stronghold, if you don't take the strong man captive, then how do you break through where he's holding you bound? It is a spiritual thing that you have to get breakthrough in. And Jesus has the power to break the strong man. Jesus and the Word are one. The Word of God has the power to break strongholds in the mind. But if we're not taking the time to put the Word of God in us, to renew our thinking then we'll still, you can have Jesus all day long, but still be in prison. And it's important to take the time with God, like we're talking about.
Because it's in those places that God's going to speak to you. And when the Lord speaks to you, He breaks things off your life. When the word of the Lord comes out of His mouth, what Pastor Chris said this morning is so powerful. What he said this morning is actually what you need. You need to have moments where you have a Luke 4.4 or you have a Deuteronomy 8.3. Where you live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that's what the presence is all about. Coming into the presence of God is so you can hear the voice of God. Right now you're hearing my voice. But sometimes in meetings like this, while you're hearing me speak, God is speaking something else to you. It's funny. In these meetings, we walk out the building. I speak to four different people. Pastor, you, you touched on this. You touched on that. You touched on this. You touched on that. You spoke directly to me today. You confirmed something we were talking about last night. And so what the Lord does in these meetings is He wants to speak things into your heart where you realize it's Him. And if He speaks, He shatters things. He breaks things. I was talking to Jeffrey this morning. He was in our Kickstart class. And uh, uh, Jeffrey's a special kid. He came a long way. <laughs> My goodness. He's going to be victorious. He's going to be our constitutional lawyer here one day. That's what he's going to do. He's going to come back to Club Pure. Kick butt. <laughs> so anyway, we're talking to him this morning. And uh, I had him share his testimony. He was sharing. He went to Fire Week. Uh, I think it was two years ago. Was it two years ago or last year? No, I know. Which year did he get the car? It was last year. So he was believing the Lord for, for a car. And um, he goes to Fire Week. And he's been saving money. He started working. And he's saving money. And he had maybe $2,000 saved up towards the car. But a car, you can't buy nothing with two grand. That drives. He's just doing his best to save the money because he wants to buy a vehicle, right? He wants to be able to drive. He's at Fire Week, Youth Fire Week, and the Tuesday night the Lord speaks to him and says, give all the money in your account that you're saving to buy a car. And so he said to the Lord, Lord, if this is you, speak to me tomorrow morning. So he knew, he said, he said, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. He knew it was the voice of God, right? But here he is in his own mind saying, I need to get this vehicle, right? And I'm going to save my money to get this vehicle. So it doesn't make sense to me to give all the money I'm saving because that just ain't going to work. So he says he doesn't hear a single word from the Lord all week. It's just like heaven is shut. He's not hearing anything. He's not receiving anything. And it comes to Friday, and he's struggling. It's like, I came to this fire week to hear from heaven, and nothing's working. And so every service from that day, the Lord said to him, give the 2000 Give the money you had in your account. And he said, Lord, he said, Lord if it's you, you'll speak to me tonight. <laughs> and so for the whole week, all he heard was give the money. Give the money. Give the, and he was just saying, Lord, speak to me about it tomorrow. Tomorrow. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear something else. So come Friday night, he realizes, okay, he's not been obeying the Lord. So he gives the whole thing. Right? 
And at the end of the night, they're all back at the hotel sharing testimonies about what happened the week of Fire Week. And he was saying, uh, you know, he got revelation on Tuesday night, but he didn't hear the Lord the whole week. And so they passed him by and started talking to all other people. And he said he was standing there and he began to cry out to God. And he just began to cry out for the presence of God. And he said the power of God came on him at the hotel outside front. He went down to the ground in, in, in the hotel. I don't know. I wasn't there. Who, who was there and seen it? And then he was, out of, out, he was full of joy, full of the presence of God for like two and a half hours. They had to carry him, pick him up off the floor, put him in the elevator, take like weekend at Bernie's, and <laughs> drag him around like a dead man, right? And then he said he got into the shower. Well, first his mother texted him. She said, I think somebody hacked your account. <laughs> Did you mean to give all your money away? And then she was saying to him, look. You know, I'd love to buy your car. I just don't have the resources to do that right now. You're saving the money to put towards your vehicle. So then he's in the shower, right? He's in the shower. And the week before, he had dropped something really heavy on his foot. And he lost his toenail on his big toe. There was no toenail there. And so he was limping the whole week because his toe was in pain. And in the presence of God, in the shower, he says to the Lord, Lord, will you heal my toe? And a brand new toenail grew out right in the shower. True story. And then a couple of weeks later, we had pure conference here. And Pastor Chris and Victory both heard from the Lord at the same time to give them his car. At the end of the service, they both looked at each other and said, I have something to say to you. And they, she said, I have something to say to you. And they said, we'll say it at the same time. And they said it exactly the same thing at the same time. And so they got the call already and they, Jay presented to him and blessed him with it. So what am I trying to tell you? The place where you get breakthrough and the place where you get victory is by hearing the voice of God. And family, that's what you've got to press in to receive. What is God saying to you? Because when you'll hear the voice of God and you'll obey the voice of God, you'll see breakthroughs. And it's in the presence of God that we need to be hungry to hear what He has to say. My job is to get you into the presence so you can hear from heaven. That's really all we need to do. If we can all just get into the presence and hear what God has to say, I'm telling you right now, you will live in victory the rest of your life. That's how my wife and I live. That's how Mike, Pastors Mike and Selena live. It's how we live around here. We just hear what God has to say and do what He says. And so there are things in your mind that have to break through. Mindsets. And the Lord's constantly correcting us. We're, every time we talk to you guys about us moving into a new season, there's always correction that happens. I'm the pastor. I'm still getting corrected. And if I don't get corrected, God won't correct any of you. Because what, what happens to the head flows through the body. So if I block my heart off from the Lord correcting me, we're in trouble around here. And I don't like correction. It doesn't feel good. 
who likes being corrected. And when the Lord speaks and corrects you, oh my goodness, it's like, it's like, (laughs) it just crushes you on the inside. And we need that family, especially in this season. If we're going to move into divine increase, God has has to correct our thinking. He has to correct our attitudes. And that's why I'm saying 4th of July this week is Freedom Week. God's going to set you free from some stuff. He's going to set you free from some of the traps that you've been living in your whole life. Yeah, I feel like reading that story. Let me read this story. Uh, Go to Mark chapter 5. You getting anything out of this? Mark chapter 5 verse uh, 21. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her so she can live. And Jesus went with him. Look at the person next to you and say, Jesus went with him. So Jesus doesn't want you to die or your daughter to die. He is ready to go with you. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. So here was somebody that was bound for 12 years. And I'm telling you right now, there are people in this room, people listening to this afterwards online, where you have been trapped by something that the enemy has held you in for a long time. You've been trapped for years and you've been suffering. It says here, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she'd gotten no better. So you've spent all your money, you've seen everyone you need to see, but nothing has set you free. You're still struggling with the same thing. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard, everybody say heard, heard about Jesus. Now this is the New Living Translation, but if you read it in the King James, she said to herself, look at somebody and say, she said to herself. That's, that's muttering, isn't that? You walk around the house and you start thinking about your problems and you say to yourself. You say only crazy people do that. Listen, you open the refrigerator and there's no food in the refrigerator and you say, there's no food in the refrigerator. You go to the gas station, you see the gas prices and you say, I can't believe that's the price of gas. You talk to your fridge, you talk to the gas pump, you might as well talk to God. People think you're crazy talking to the pump, but they're saying the same thing on the other side of the pump. So you might as well talk to God. People think you're crazy anyway. And she said she had heard about Jesus. She said to herself, if I can touch the hem of his robe, I'll be made whole. And then it says here in the New Living, it says, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, everybody say immediately. The bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of a terrible condition. And Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? Crazy man. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. 
Then the frightened woman, trembling and real, at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And so I want to encourage you. You've got to start building your faith up. How do you build your faith up? You hear what Jesus has done for other people. You go into the scriptures and you read what the Bible says. You can read scriptures on healing all through this. Miracles all the way through. You want to walk in divine health? You want to walk in divine healing? Go to the scripture and read stories about how Jesus healed the blind. He healed the cripple. He raised the dead. He rebuked fevers. He spat in the ground, made mud and gave people back their eyesight, cleansed leprosy. He did all kinds of things. Amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you go to the scriptures and you start walking with Jesus through his ministry. When you read the Bible, you're reading about the ministry of Jesus. And you will find out that Jesus is a healer. 1 Peter 2.24 says he took stripes upon his back. He paid the price so that you can be healed. Say, I am healed. So healing has already been provided. In the book of Genesis, God says he formed the man's body from the dust of the ground. This body belongs to God. He formed it. He made it. It's important to him. This, this body that he has given you is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is where God comes to live and abide. Why would God want to live in a broken temple? Just asking. The God, God Almighty who made this body in the Garden of Eden... So that he could live in it and reside in it. It's important to him. Why would he give you this body and then not want to fix this body? It doesn't make sense. If he's going to live in this temple and this temple is broken, it doesn't make sense. He wants to fix it. Look at the person next to you and tell him God wants to fix the temple that he lives in. A couple of weeks ago, we started this divine healing thing with us dedicating our temples to the Lord. Look at the person next to you and say, if you'll give Jesus the land, he'll become the landlord. He'll take care of the property. He's not like earthly landlords. He's a heavenly landlord. You say, why land? Because you were made from the dust of the ground. Look at the person next to you and say, you're a dirt bag. Yeah. Some people can't say that. They get mad. It's a joke. Ha ha. This is funny. This is a funny story. Let me interject. Somebody had mentioned that the joy was freaking him out two weeks ago. And that um, it was evil. It was evil. That it, it got to the point where it was weird and then it became demonic. And um, so we were discussing it, you know. People don't understand the joy. When it touches you, you don't, obviously don't. Anytime something supernatural happens, your mind, you've never seen that before. You don't understand it. And so you want to understand, but you, you don't know what it is. So you only say what you think it is, right? And so because you've never experienced it before, you don't know how to, to say it until you encounter it. And then you're like, okay, this isn't the devil. This is God, right? And so we don't get upset about people who don't understand. It's fine. There's a learning curve that has to happen. 
So we, we were talking about it, and, and we said, you know, how can, how can joy be evil? And my daughter, Ryzen, you know, she's a special child. She said, no, there is evil joy. And she went, <laughs> Somebody plots evil, they think about it, and they're like, That's great. Kids are the best, man. Kids are the best. So what you got to do is you got to go through the Bible and you got to find where Jesus healed people, right? And you got to build your faith up that Jesus is a healer. That God loves you. God loves your physical body. He made it. He, Jesus paid the price for you to walk in divine healing, right? God wants to heal you and he wants you to live in divine health. So that you can accomplish the plan and purpose God has for your life. God doesn't want you living in pain every day of your life. Amen. And so you have to fill yourself up with the scriptures. You've got to build your faith up. Right. And then what you do is when you spend time in the presence of God, especially corporately, you come into the presence of God on Sunday. When the presence comes into the room, that's the moment where you need to reach out to God with your faith and say, Lord, I'm reaching out to receive healing in your presence. Oh, I don't know if you're getting me. Just like Pastor Chris was driving down the road asking the Lord a question. Lord, why is the devil so scared of the blood of Jesus? And then the Lord speaks from heaven. And he says, because life is in the blood. And then he feels the power of God begin to flow through his body. And so in that moment, he gets a revelation from heaven. And the power of God floods him. Those are the moments, guys, where you break through and where you change. And we as a body of believers, when we come to the house of God, we have to come in faith. We have to come with the scripture. We have to come with what God says. And together we cry out to heaven to receive everything as promised. That's how faith works. You heard about it. You mutter it Sunday morning. I can't wait for Sunday morning. We're going to get together corporate praise. I'm telling you right now, in praise, I'm going to praise my heart out with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. And I'm telling you right now, when the presence of God comes into the building Sunday morning, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to use, I'm going to use the weapons that I have. I'm going to reach out to God. God, you said, 1 Peter 2, 24, I'm healed by the stripes. Now you're quoting scripture. You're declaring what God has said. And you come expecting and in that moment, you're being intentional, like my wife was talking about. You're being intentional that there is a moment where there's going to be a suddenly where you're going to reach out to God and you're going to grab what belongs to you. You see, in the presence of God, there's no sickness. In the presence of God, there's no poverty. In the presence of, if you went to heaven right now, it's only light. There is no darkness. There are no shadows. The devil has no authority. It's all victory. It's all glory. It's all abundance. It's all goodness. The life of God is flowing. There's nothing that is dead in heaven. Everything is alive. Nothing can die. And so when you come into the presence of God, you're actually coming into the atmosphere of heaven. But what are you using with your faith to draw out of that moment? 
And if you understand that the presence of God is your opportunity to grab something from heaven, then you can receive something every time. And if you can do it on Sunday, then you can do it on Monday. You can do it on Tuesday. You can do it on Wednesday. You can do it any day. This is just training for you to live the rest of the week. Tapping into the things of God so you can live a life of victory. Chris was on his way to the gym last night, and he got whacked in his car on U.S. Highway 1. Because his heart pressing into God while he's driving. You can do exactly the same thing. Are you with me? And I'm just here to tell you, family, that every one of us have needs in different areas. And what we have to do is we have to break through the strongholds that we've developed by the unbelief and the things we've spoken and established. And the power of God, the anointing of God is going to come and set the captive free. The truth of the word and the anointing is going to break the captive free. Can I get an amen? You opened up my eyes to so much more.